As we continue in our service for this morning, I would invite you to pray with me the Lord's Prayer. Uh, the Lord's Prayer is um, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. When they saw Jesus doing things out in the world that was changing the world in right in front of them, they said, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? We want to be about your kingdom business, just about just the way that you are. And so he taught them to pray this simple prayer. It may be up on the screen for you this morning. Would you pray with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As I was thinking this week, uh, there are some of you that, uh, you, um, there's so much going on in the world that tensions at home may be high. And you're, you may be curious, how do I pray for those who live with me? How do I pray for my roommate? How do I pray for my wife? How do I pray for my kids? Because they're really annoying right now. We've been trapped inside the house for four months. We needed to stop. All of you stop. Well, it's time to pray. But you may have never prayed for your family before. You, you may be praying prayers like, ah, help, which are great prayers. But I want to encourage you, the prayer that we just prayed can be applied to anybody. So you might pray for your wife or for your kids or kids. You may pray for your parents. Kids, your parents need a lot of prayer. So you might say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth in this home with my parents, with my kids, with my spouse, with my roommate. Give them this day their daily bread, and forgive them their trespasses as they forgive those who trespass against us. And so you can follow that kind of prayer dialogue and in a way. You may not know how to pray for people. They may just frustrate you so much that you don't want to pray for them, but I would encourage you to pray, Our Father. Well, we're here this morning with just a couple of people this morning, and so thankful that those of you who are here are risking uh, death to die together in the midst of this pandemic. What we don't realize is that's, that's what we're doing as we come together. We're sort of uh, deciding that the risk is worth it. And as a church, it's been very, very difficult how to navigate that. Uh, as cases are continuing to go up in San Antonio, uh, it means that we're continually risking ourselves to be with one another. And so I just want to say as a church, we're trying to pray and hear the Lord about what it means to meet together. It's possible that July 12th, we might be able to come back together in the Duseum with childcare and, and children's ministry full on and greeters and everybody. Uh, or not. We're right now living in a time where we're trying to hear the Lord, navigate well, be responsible, and uh, we believe that God heals completely, and so we're not afraid of illness, and yet we're also wise, and we want to act in wisdom the best way we can. So there are those that are experimenting with us this morning. We don't have it all together, but week by week, we're, we're figuring it out, and uh, there are those of you who are at home, I know, that are watching, and so thankful for that. I want to also take a minute and just say thank you for those that are giving financially. Uh, we as a church, uh, right at the beginning of the year, we recognize that there's a pandemic coming. We need to adjust our budget accordingly, and so we did. And so we've lowered our budget substantially so that uh, we can have the increase that's necessary 
uh, to have $12,000 to give away to those that are in need to help pay rent, keep people in homes, and also uh, make sure that people are fed. And that's been happening. We have been helping people with rent and mortgage assistance as well as food. That's been going on every month since uh, this whole COVID thing has began. Nevertheless, uh, we would still appreciate that right now, this would be a time. If you give regularly within the service, you can open up your app and go right now, your, your Safari or Explorer, whatever you do on your phone, and you go to live, uh, I'm sorry, give.missionvineyard.org. And if you go to give.missionvineyard.org, there are different ways that you can give. You can give to the general fund of the church, which is always helpful for the finances to be flexible, or you can give specifically to helping people during uh, COVID, and those options are there within mission. I just want to pray because uh, the, the, the church doesn't operate because we need your money. And the church doesn't operate because God needs your money. The church operates because people overflow out of worship financially. And so I wanted to pray, God, thank you so much for this being a community that continually gives financially, especially in the midst of a crisis. God, we thank you for the ways that you've protected jobs and protected incomes and supplied for those indeed that have lost incomes or lost jobs. You've been our constant provider in the church, God, that nobody in the church has gotten COVID. God, that, that, that there's been such an outpouring of generosity in the church and out of the church. God, for those that have been feeling the compassion for what it means to live out uh, injustice and mercy into a world that uh, is still, uh, God, God the, the shaking that's going on for the way that we can ha have a better response to justice for our, our black brothers and sisters. God, all these things, we need your help. We need your discernment. God, would you bless the finances of the church so we can pour out in the best ways possible. We ask for your guidance and your mercy and your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, there's lots going on in the church. You can follow all the announcements uh, that you'd like. You can go uh, to missionvineyard.org and uh, click uh, to register for the uh, weekly email, and that gives you lots of things, including your small groups. You can go to smallgroup.missionvineyard.org. Uh, our small groups are growing and multiplying, and so there's lots of opportunities during the week to join in with a small group, and that's where church is really happening. Uh, we're, we're glad that everybody's here today and you online, uh, but those small groups are where real discipleship happens, and that's what God's asked us to do. Jesus said, go out and make disciples, not church attendees, and so I encourage you to go to smallgroup.missionvineyard.org to connect with a small group. Well, with that, I want to continue this morning as the single talking head this morning. I was thankful for Herschel breaking up the space so that uh, uh, I'm not the only voice that you hear this morning. But uh, we're going to continue in our series called Beginnings. And you might think, beginnings, that's a weird place to begin. Uh, I use the word again. Here we are in the midst of, uh, like I said, a shaking that's going on. And I, I don't think that uh, it's something that God hasn't allowed. I, I do believe that God has allowed the shaking and that God is acting in the midst of the shaking. I believe that God has a vision for our time today. And uh, I'm not surprised that when we planned the sermon series six months ago that we would be right here where uh, we read in Genesis uh, 4 and engage the scriptures about Cain and Abel and being our brother's keeper. I want to grab my notes so that I know where I'm going this morning as much as you can follow along. So bear with me just a second. With the experimentation of where we are and how we are this morning, I appreciate your grace as uh, I figure out how to hold my notes and preach this morning. 
So if there's anything I want you to remember from this morning, it is that God has always intended for the gifts that he gives you and me, whether they be financial or spiritual, practical, tactile, God has always intended for our gifts to be Holy Spirit empowered. Uh, right now, I want to tell you that uh, God has empowered me to be a leader, and I, sometimes I don't want to be. <laughs> uh, but God has empowered this time for my leadership of a church, and you all have leadership in your context. You lead businesses, you lead your families, you lead homes, you lead your own finances. All of that is practical. God has gifted you with space to be able to lead. And I have been wondering, God, how do I lead in this time? It's been uh, a struggle to figure out, do we come back together and meet together? Is that what you want, God? God, should we be uh, joining the protests on the streets against police injustice that's been happening against our black brothers and sisters? God, should we be um, hunkering down and getting away from all that's going on? Should we become more political or less political? Should we be engaging all that's going on in more vibrant ways? And it's been hard to discern. There was one time in my life where I was um, leading worship, and uh, uh, it was for a college ministry, and we began leading worship, and all of a sudden, everybody started making song requests. So we went from like, Hosanna in the highest to in the jungle, the mighty jungle. And it didn't turn much into a worship service at that point. It became about me leading. I don't know if you've ever been in, in that situation, but on, if you're on Facebook right now, I'd love to see your answers. Um, there are some things that become easy to do on your own strength. Uh, what are some things that are just easy for you to do on your own strength, but you know that God God's input is necessary. Whether you're here, you can go on Facebook, you can get your smartphones out and be part of that dialogue. But if you're on Facebook right now, what are some things that are easy for you to do in your own strength? And I want to see what you guys are saying. Now that I see myself on Facebook, I also realize that there's this torch happening behind my head. All kinds of fun things happening this morning. What are some things that you know that are easy to do on your own strength, but you know that they'd be better if God was invested? Victor says financial planning, for sure. Some of you are so good at balancing the budget, but what would it mean to ask God about that? Uh, well, as you guys continue to comment, I want to continue as well and just say that from the beginning, God has wanted humanity to bear his image, which is his purpose in us. His kingdom intention. He wants us to be partners in his plan. And the scripture tells us that we need to be part of that, to be following Jesus or else uh, we can get off track very, very quickly. I want to get into the scripture this morning. This is Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. So God creates. There's seven days. There's Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve blow it. They choose their own destiny instead of the destiny that God's given to them in his image of them. They say, no, we want our own image. We want our own reflection on the earth. We want to choose between life and death ourselves. And so God takes them from the garden, says, you can't be a part of this anymore, and you can't live forever with me, and our relationship's going to be distant now. Well, it continues. Adam was intimate with his wife, Eve, and she became pregnant. Wouldn't you know? And she gave birth to Cain, and she said, with the Lord's help, I've produced a man. So all of a sudden, now even though Adam and Eve have blown it, they still become part of God's purposes to make 
uh, and, and procreate the earth and, and multiply. Later she gave birth to his brother, named him Abel. And when they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. And it was time for harvest, and Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. How interesting that from the beginning, it's always been, before the Jewish law, before all these things happened, it was part of the nature of human beings, even those that were living in sin, to say, part of what I have needs to be given to the Lord. So, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord, and Abel also brought a gift. And for some reason, the scripture says he brought the best. A little bit different from Cain. He brought the best. The best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. And something very interesting happens. The Lord accepts Abel and his gift as their worship. There's, there's this, I guess, freedom that the Lord finds in, in Abel to receive, to be part of that worship experience. It seems like maybe it's more authentic. But then he did not accept Cain and his gift. What is it about God that for some reason he accepts us in our gifts, but maybe for other things he doesn't accept us? Why? We work so hard. Why doesn't God just love everything we do? If we burn ourselves out or, or if we you know, just kind of throw things at God and say, here, take, take it. Why doesn't God like that? He knows we're human. He knows we're sinners. What's his problem anyway? Well, it made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. God saw him. He looked dejected. God sees us when our relationship is wrong with him. And he said to Cain, why are you so angry? Why do you look so dejected? And the Lord gives him instructions. He said, you will be accepted if you do what's right. So there's this relational engagement that Cain gets to have with the Lord. And he says, you know what's right. But if you refuse to do what's right, then watch out. Sin. Missing the mark, not obeying, not surrendering your whole self to me, acting on your own. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. Have you ever felt controlled by sin instead of what the Lord wants you to do? You get distracted, you get focused on your own stuff. Maybe your financial planning, you decide to gamble it away. I have friends that love gambling, and their budgets go crazy. They're just gone. It's like, God told me how to spend, and then their money is just dropped off the cliff. Same thing with those of you who maybe drink too much. You may be buying too much alcohol and drinking too much, and all of a sudden you recognize that not only is the money not going to where God wants it to go, but it, it's also controlling you. And here God gives us that, that piece of advice. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But then he gives him this instruction, you must subdue it and be its master. So I wonder, had Abel already subdued sin? He had the already mastered over sin in such a way that he was able to worship God freely and fully giving God his best. How much was Cain aware that he wasn't doing what was righteous? That he wasn't following God's purposes? Well, this turns sad pretty quickly, and if you're like anybody in the Scriptures, and the Scriptures are a great reflection of humanity, Cain gets angry, he gets frustrated, he takes his brother out into the fields, and while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, where's your brother? 
Where is Abel? And Cain said, I don't know. And so we have another sin of deception trying to tell God, well, I don't know. It's like this heart of difference, like, what do I care? You don't love me anyway. There's too much going on in the world. It's too hard to follow you. Why do you make this so hard anyway? I don't know. And then Cain says something very powerful that has been a part of our societal times. It's, it's terminology that just about everybody knows. Am I my brother's keeper? Am I my brother's keeper? I'm curious, and if you're on Facebook, if you answer this question, a time in your life that you knew that you weren't doing what God wanted and how you responded. What is it like to know that God wants you to do something and you just go the opposite way? I've done that sometimes, and it doesn't turn out well. And then God disciplines me, and he disciplines Cain here too. The Lord said, what have you done? And he tells Cain to use one of his senses. And it's an odd one here, but he says, listen. Listen, your, blood, your brother's blood cries out from the ground. Who knew that blood could cry out from the ground? Who knew that if we just paused, we'd be able to recognize, maybe in God's power, maybe God is by his spirit allowing the earth to speak loudly like what's going on in the shaking in our world right now. Listen. There's blood crying out from the ground. There's a shaking going on. Would you stop thinking about yourself? Now you're cursed and banished from the ground which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you no matter how hard you work. From now on you'll be homeless wanderer on the earth. Cain replied to the Lord, my punishment is too great for me to bear. Have you ever felt like that? When you disobeyed God, you've gone your own way, God lets the consequences happen that should happen when you disobey him, and you just feel like, this is too heavy for me. God, please save me. My punishment is too great. You've banished me from the land and from your presence, you've made me a homeless wanderer. Anyone who finds me will kill me. And the Lord replies, No, for I've given you a sevenfold, I've given a sevenfold punishment to anyone who kills you. Then the Lord put a mark, and who knows what that mark is, on Cain to warn anyone who might try to kill him. So Cain left the Lord's presence, settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden, and the story continues. Humanity has been given gifts. Cain was given a gift. Abel was given a gift. And part of it was God's image. Even though they left the garden, God still in their humanity was given God's purpose. We're still, no matter what's going on in our lives, we are called to carry out God's purpose. But we've never been called to carry out God's purposes alone. I've been a little frustrated, like you, at what's going on in the world. Frustrated at injustice. But God has not called us to go alone. Each one of us has a gift against the injustice of the world. We each have a gift to participate in community and to bless one another and to engage in reconciliation. But if we go it alone, we will get lost. And the consequences of our actions will be worse. 
will be worse than if we just try to love the Lord our God first. All of our gifts come back to the great commandments, which are to love God and to love our neighbor. Abel's gift was rooted out of that. Cain's gift was not. Cain's gift was this stupid world. Here, have some of my share. As we read out in Hebrews and 1 John, it talks about Cain's behavior. and It's just not the way it's supposed to be. Before we're active in the world, we need to first center ourselves in worshiping God so that we can hear his voice and how to respond. If you would, if you're on Facebook, write down a scale of 1 to 10, how overwhelmed have you been to what's going on in the world today? How overwhelmed have you been at the consequences of people's behavior? People putting up posts that dehumanize one another. People speaking out in politics. People killing one another on the streets. How overwhelmed have you been? In Luke 10, Jesus is confronted by a character that's wanting to be religious, who's wanting to obey, something like Cain, I would think. And he's asked about the great commandment, but the conversation goes sideways because Jesus knows that the thing is not the thing. We're not called to just give our least. We're called to follow Jesus. Following Jesus is always the best for us. And so the religious person says, yeah, I know, I know. Love God, love your neighbor. That's the, that's, yeah, sure. Okay? And Jesus says, right. Do this and you'll live. But the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, well, who's my neighbor really? Who should I be giving up my life for? Who's my, am I really my brother's keeper and who is that? What, do I, what should I care about people that are doing things in the world? What, what, what's it, I'm not a police officer. What should I care? I'm just a, a voting citizen. I pay taxes. We hire people to do that stuff. What's it, what's it to me? And Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. And the Good Samaritan is a story that you can, you can read in the Scripture. You can just Google Good Samaritan, and you'll find out that the religious people of the day saw a man on the side of the road, and they went by him. They went to the other side. They abandoned him. They said, ugh, that stuff, I don't have, I don't have the capacity for that guy. I need to be, become more spiritual. And then this non-religious guy sees the humanity of the moment, recognizes the image of God in himself and the other person, picks him up, brings him to a place that he gets healed, and pays for all of his needs. And Jesus asks the religious person, so who's the neighbor? And of course, the religious person has to say the one who cared for the one that was broken and beaten and left unjustly. Our beginnings, when we talk about beginnings, our beginnings are best rooted when they're expressed in worship to God. We must see how we treat the world as our worship to God. We must see how we behave every day in our finances as worship to God. We must see our neighbors as the chapel of our lives and how we worship God. We must see our families in our homes, our roommates as those first places where we we don't just serve them out of reluctance or bitterness or unforgiveness. We serve them out of worship. 
You were called to this. You were made for this church to look into your home, to look into your neighborhood and say, Lord, how can I worship you today with the gifts you've given me around me? Each one of us are called to love, to love God first and then to love our neighbors. We've been born with the potential to love God like Abel did, but often so many of us love God or don't love God like Cain did. And in our anger, we might even see somebody else that's doing something worth justice and we get bitter at them, call them names. Jesus gives us this commission in John 14, and you can look it up. This is verse 12, or if you're on Facebook, maybe somebody can put it up there. He tells this to the disciples before he goes. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I've done. If you look out in the world and you want Jesus to come and take care of things, listen to Jesus here. You'll be able to do even greater works than I've done because I'm going to be with the Father, and you can ask for anything in my name, and I'll do it. Ask anything in my name. Right here now, we're better off than Cain and Abel because we have the Holy Spirit to give us discernment, to give us power, to give us mission, to call us forward. God is asking us to live freely, to bless what he's up to, to look out in the world and go. But the promise is that he's given us his spirit. Even the disciples, can you imagine the disciples? They were so desperate. They were so much worse than you. They were probably uglier than you, too. They had less reputation, certainly less likes on Facebook. Instagram stories were pathetic. When they, they did TikToks and nobody liked them. And yet God promised, Jesus promised, because you believe in me and you pray, even though you're in desperate shape, even though you don't have any idea about how to do justice in the world. You don't really know how to love your neighbors. You've been selfish your whole life. But if you believe in me, by my spirit, you'll be filled. And make every prayer you pray be answered in huge and amazing ways. I've got a video for you this morning. And uh, my hope is that you'll be able to see this and be inspired by it. Just as the video person goes from his chair, we're just experimenting this morning. This is five minutes long, and I want you to see what, God's, God, what God does when his Holy Spirit lands on people and transforms their normal lives into places of worship. Check out this video. In the beginning, there was God. The earth was empty, formless, dark and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And God said, let there be light. So there was day followed by night. With each new day came new creation, vast oceans, the vaster sky, the earth green and growing. The Spirit of God, the Creator Spirit, brought out of the chaos of the cosmos, out of disorder, order, out of confusion, harmony, out of deformity, beauty. The cosmos, galaxies, the sun, the moon, and every star. Creatures of every shape and size to swim, fly, and roam the land. Then God created man and woman in his image and breathed life into them. And God sent his spirit upon his chosen people to guide them 
to give them gifts for a particular time and purpose to fulfill God's work on earth. God sent his spirit upon a man called Bezalel, giving him the gift of creativity and artistic knowledge to craft and shape precious metals and gems into art, into a house for the Lord. The spirit of God came upon Gideon, a weak and fearful man, so he became a brave warrior who saved God's people. Samson, who was taken prisoner. God sent his spirit to give him the extraordinary strength to break free from the ropes tied around him. The spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax and the bindings dropped from his hands. God filled others with his spirit for prophecy, to be his mouthpiece bringing direction and hope to his people. The spirit came upon Isaiah to bring good news of hope. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Upon Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Through the prophet Joel, we learn who this promise is for and how it will happen. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. God's promise was that he would do something new. Not just for particular people at particular times, for particular tasks, but for everyone, all people, regardless of position, age, gender, ethnicity, and race. Then, with the birth of Jesus, it was like a trumpet sounded, and everyone surrounding the birth of Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Mary, the mother of Jesus, Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, John the Baptist, and then Jesus at his baptism. The Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form. Full of the Holy Spirit, he began to teach, heal the sick, bring freedom to the captives, to heal the brokenhearted. So often what happens in the Old Testament in a physical way happens in the New Testament in a spiritual way. As Bezalel was given the skill to craft and design the temple, the Holy Spirit always brings new things to our lives. New attitudes, new desires, new ways of worship, new songs. Whatever you do in your workplace, the Spirit of God wants to fill you with skill, ability and creativity. Like Gideon, God uses people who feel weak, inadequate, ill-equipped. As God's Spirit gave Samson physical strength to break free from his bindings, so today the Holy Spirit brings freedom to break the habits the addictions, the things that keep people spiritually bound. The counsellor, the helper, the gift giver, the guide. The Holy Spirit softens our hearts. He takes away our hearts of stone and gives us hearts of flesh. The Holy Spirit who helps us to break free from bad habits also harnesses a desire to love others and to help those in need the poor, the brokenhearted, the captives. The experience of the Holy Spirit is not only about what is felt, but also about making a difference in the world. He can use you.
God wants to commission you now to be empowered by his gifts to be who we were made to be with his help. So I want to wait right now because I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to come on some of you in a powerful and dynamic way so that you can be the person that God has called in this season right now. For the shaking that's going on, God is raising up people just like you. God's calling you. God's calling you even though you're tired. God's calling you even though you may feel distant from what's going on in the world. God's calling you to be filled with his spirit. He's given you gifts for this season. Not only for what's going on on the outside of the world, but in your home. I've talked with more people in my life now that that are filing for divorce than ever in a concentrated time in my life. Your marriages need the Holy Spirit. Your relationships with your kids need the Holy Spirit. Your relationships with your neighbors need the Holy Spirit. Your relationship with your workplace needs the Holy Spirit. Your relationship with the world needs the Holy Spirit. Because God is calling people who believe in him to pray and do and make a difference in the world. So that this shaking doesn't end up in suffering. That the shaking ends up in salvation. God is moving and his kingdom is moving, but he's calling you and I to be joined by his spirit into his kingdom work. Would you receive the Holy Spirit now? Would you stand with me, those who are at home, those of you who are here? Let's stand and receive the Holy Spirit afresh, not to give gifts of reluctance like Cain, but to do righteousness like Abel, to do even more like Jesus said. You'll do even more than me because I'm going to the Father. Let's raise the expectations of who we are called to be in this season, not as reluctant worshipers in a private life that's looking at disdain at the rest of the world, but instead being filled with his power and his purpose and his vision for what he wants. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We need you. Some of you in faith, you just need to raise up your hands and say, God, fill me anew with your spirit. And for some of you, there's a repentance that needs to happen. Oftentimes, revival begins with repentance. And so if you need to say sorry right now for your attitude, for sort of a left-handed worship like Cain was giving, God, we're sorry for not worshiping you fully. We're sorry for not knowing what we're doing. We're sorry for our bitterness against our brothers and sisters that are worshiping. We're sorry for our bitterness against those around us that are maybe having an easier time, that are getting more attention. We're sorry, God, for our our anger at those on social media that we disagree with, for those in our homes that we disagree with. We're sorry for our attitudes. Would you forgive us? We lay down our attitudes before you this morning. Any spirit that's not of you, God, we ask you to break in our hearts. Break us, Lord Jesus. Like Ezekiel, like the scripture we just saw, that you would take our stones that have become so like rock, so stiff, so focused on ourselves, so unable to have capacity for anybody else or to freely worship. Would you take that, Lord? Would you remove it? And would you give us hearts of flesh that are shapeable and that can hear your voice, that touch your heart? like the Holy Spirit's coming on some of you right now, in this room and online, in, in, 
In some of your homes, you're feeling like a sensation on your hands that's different. The air conditioning hasn't changed in your home, but you're feeling different. There's a heat or something going on. Just thank you, Lord, for your movement, even in this room. This is a sign that the Holy Spirit's doing something. It's a promise. You just, would you just respond and say, thank you, Lord, more, God. I need you, Lord Jesus. God, this, this sickness and evil of this world is, is too much. It's more than our humanity can bear. Would you cleanse us of any sadness, negativity, or despair that we may have picked up? Cleanse us, Lord Jesus. There are some of you that uh, you're getting pictures from the Lord and you're, getting, you're being spoken to about what needs to happen. Somebody's got like a pickup truck or God's like calling you to that a kind of work where it's just like, the hard, like, so, like some of you don't feel like you're very spiritual people, but you're the, like the person that like carries the weight of things. And God's saying, that's good. I've made you like that. Now by my spirit, it's not going to feel heavy anymore. You're going to do hard work and carry other people's burdens. You're going to be in the dirt with people. You're going to be working hard, but it's going to be my, my spirit now. As you're pouring out, I pour into you tenfold. There were some words from this morning. I spoke to them at the beginning of the service. I'll say them again. For someone who, whose connection to Jesus is constantly being interrupted, Jesus wants, to, wants you to move to where you can hear him. If there's a shift that needs to happen in your life, maybe it's a prayer closet. Maybe it's a prayer car. You just go into the garage and just, or wherever the car is, and you just put on worship music and you connect with the Lord. Uh, there's a word that may mean something to somebody. As caterpillars turn into butterflies, God is turning you into something beautiful. Maybe God's already used that imagery with you, and so it's, we just want to take a risk and say that out loud. That, that is actually what the Lord was doing, and he wants to make sure that you know that. Someone, a uh, person, something wrong with one of your arms. God wants to heal it. We believe that God heals, and so I'm just going to pray right now. It could be somebody in the room. If that's you, you can raise your hand. Something that's wrong with your arms. Maybe it's somebody at home. We just want to pray for you right now. In the name of Jesus, we command healing on your body. Receive healing. We lean in faith. There may be other prophetic words. I just Would you take a risk and write down what you sense God doing on that Facebook feed? If there's a scripture coming to your mind here, uh, just begin to read it. God may be doing something in you, saying something that's useful for the church. We're just going to take a risk and let that happen. We believe that God's spirit is moving, and he's moving in you for the sake of the congregation. Lord, we trust you to speak. This may be a day where you recognize, wow, God's up to a lot, but I'm not a part of it. I really want to be a part of his work. I want you to pray a prayer with me to receive the Lord. And it's simple. It's just, Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong in my life. 
Thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and I receive it. Please come into my life by the power of your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Fill me with your Holy Spirit to guide me. Thank you, Lord. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to make sure that you get into a prayer room today. If, if you're here, I want you to raise your hand to make sure that we're getting prayer for one another. We don't have prayer teams set up here. But there is a prayer room ready for you on Zoom. That link is going in the feed right now. And there's prayer teams ready to pray for you in those rooms. If any of those words that were spoken before apply to you, or if you've made a decision to follow Jesus this morning, make sure that you get into one of those rooms. Now, would you receive this blessing? I want to send you out into a shaking world as people that are filled with the Holy Spirit and ready to serve him, not by your own strength, but by his. I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that you would go out filled with him, that every gift and strength and ability you have would be Holy Spirit empowered, strengthened, and used for his good in the world, that as Jesus is at work in the world, you would follow him and be with him and do even more than he did on the earth. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace. Get into a small group this week, smallgroup.missionvineyard.org. You can connect if this is your first time, or if you want to receive those church emails, go to nextsteps.missionvineyard.org. Or if you'd like to give financially, you can go to give.missionvineyard.org. And uh, we'll see you next Sunday.